the Titled Town Podcast, episode 29. Well, hi there. You're listening to episode 29 of the Titled Town Podcast. On this episode, we are going to recap the Packers' nail-biting loss to the Indianapolis Colts, play out the playoff picture going into week 12, and preview the matchup against the Chicago Bears. My name is Austin Gann, I am joined, as always, by the one, the only, Daniel Marhanka. Daniel, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. It's Bears week. It's one of the best weeks of the year. We get two of them, mm-hmm. possibly three. Highly doubtful at this point for the Bears. Three? But we've gotten three before. We've gotten three, yeah, but I, I highly doubt it'll happen this year. Yeah, it's probably not likely this year. It would be wild if it was, though. That that would be a major turn of event. The Bears, Bears somehow coming got to Lambeau game. in January. I'd take that. Yeah. I mean, it would be an easy game for the Packers. I mean, I'll take it. I'm not saying I wouldn't take it, but I just doubt it would happen. That's that's Bears week. <laughs> Bears week can be summed wait. up. Bears can be week can be summed up with this. Probably won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I was just gonna see, see what you were gonna do there. <laughs> I was determined to let you have the wheel on that. No, I'm, See what I'm you would right. do. Yeah. Uh, how long did it take you to get over this loss? The Colts are you loss? over at one? Yes. Are you uh, over at one? Two. How long did it take you? Probably till Wednesday. I was pretty shaken up about it. Really? Yeah. It really got to me in a lot of ways. But hmm. um, yeah, I think they played a great game. I will say that the Packers looked for most of the game, energetic on all points of the ball. I think uh, besides special teams, which I said they have to clean up and they really didn't clean up, I feel like that was still the difference in this game. We gave them an extra possession on a Darius Shepard fumble. That stuff cannot happen. We, If you're playing against these good teams, and the Colts definitely are, like a lot of people said this would be a heck of a Super Bowl matchup if it were to come down to this, but – I don't think the Packers can get to that game unless they start cleaning up these mistakes on special teams. And I will keep kind of drilling this point because it's cost them a f- two games this year, I think. And yep. it, it has, it kept the Jaguars in it two weeks ago. And if they don't watch out, the bears could get in it because they have a great return man in Cordell Patterson who could take one of your mistakes, one of your bad kickoffs one of your bad punts and really make you pay for it so I think the Packers are gonna have to clean that up that's the kind of stuff that sticks with me of course is the the what if scenarios and then with the MVS fumble which is the obvious thing that most people will point to MVS played a tremendous game on Sunday yes, he, did. he got them to overtime I personally didn't like the play call with running or with throwing a screen on second and three. And a lot of that play comes down to Robert Tunyon. And I think it was St. Brown, I want to say, missing a block on Blackman to get him free. But I would have really liked to see a run there because it's something that you kind of went away from as the game went on. So it would have been nice to, in an overtime period, where you're playing for your one possession, you're busting out the best plays, the plays that Aaron knows most, that the offense knows most, to go to a run on second and three or whatever it was, second and mm-hmm. two, just to get that first down and kind of keep that momentum. But hindsight's twenty twenty. 
the Packers, I thought, played one of their best games of the year. One thing that cannot be kind of um, disregarded is how well defense played in big spots. I think that's one thing that this Packers defense is starting to do is when they need to stop, they're still beginning to produce those. I know. Yes, for sure. And I think that's a huge thing that this Packers defense wasn't doing the first few weeks or probably half of the season was they were not getting stops when they need to, and we were still winning games. But I thought Sunday they made every stop that they needed to and put the offense in a great position to win that game a a handful of times. And that's the one thing where the Packers were so good in the third quarter on offense for probably the first six games. And then in that Buccaneers game, it's been almost non-existent. I feel like every third quarter they start to sputter, and then it takes, you know, with nine minutes left in the game for them to get going again, which is not a great kind of thing because if you're down two scores with nine minutes, you don't have time. But if you're down one score, you are in a little bit of striking distance. Yes, uh, the defense played very well, as you said. And regardless of any defense, if you're going to have – the offense stall out as much as they did in the second half, any defense is going to bend over. It's going to bend. Yeah. I shouldn't say bend over. It's going to bend. Uh, and they didn't break, which is key. They they had some stops, like you said. Uh, I, at this point, the special teams is a more of a problem than the defense. I agree because then, I mean, you had J.K. shank another one that it probably should have yeah, went to their – Yeah, dude, he's had, he's had a streak of those. It probably would should have went to their 20. He hits it to their 45. So it's just like – the defense is constantly playing with a short field. You know, Mike Pettin, I think, is getting a little bit more aggressive, but he's still on those third downs, still playing off. So I think that puts us at a disadvantage. But all in all, I think Darnell Savage is starting to play a lot better. Adrian yes. Amos is really picking up where he left off last mm-hmm. season, where he was just that consistent force in the middle of the field. Jair Alexander had a few nice plays on the ball. Uh Anytime I think Kevin King stepped in and played well for uh, coming back. Uh, Zadarius Smith and Rashawn Gary are starting to get going. Kenny Clark, I think, played possibly his best game as a Packer on Sunday. I think these are the things that, you know, you just need to keep stacking these things and go on a stretch. You know, last year after Thanksgiving, the Packers get whopped by the 49ers, and then they don't lose again until January 20th or whatever. So I think the Packers mm-hmm. right now are set up in a great spot to start to go on that playoff push, and this is what good teams do, is now you have your three losses out of the way. You can afford to probably lose one more, but if you win out, you're looking at the number one seed, which would be huge for the Green Bay Packers to get that bye week. Yes, and it might have been why I was able to get over this loss so quickly. I was over it the next morning. And now I had a hard, hard time falling asleep. Kept me up. But <laughs> the next morning I was over and I was on to the Bears just because knowing that we're in the favorable part of our schedule now. We're in the favorable yeah, stretch it, where we can win out. We very well yeah. can win out. It was an AFC loss, which helps in the standings. It wasn't an NFC loss. It was to a good team who we could probably see in February if the Packers continue to kind of build upon their uh, play lately. And I think that, you know, Frank Wright's a great coach. I thought Matt LaFleur coached a really good game. His decision to decline that one holding call was considered by the league the best coaching decision of the week. So Matt LaFleur – 
by no means got outcoached in that game. I thought it was just a lapse on special teams, uh, inability to get going on offense in the third. But all in all, I thought it was a good game. The only thing I didn't like that LaFleur did, and maybe you'll disagree, or I'm curious to see what you think, is LaFleur going for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal. Yeah, when that one, it could have led to the end of the game kicking a field goal to win it instead yeah. of kicking to go into overtime. It's one that of those things thing. and where I love before being aggressive. Yeah. I love him being aggressive, but that was like uh I think I'll play devil's advocate just because of Mike McCarthy's tenure in Green Bay where they would have never gone for it in that scenario. So I respect it. What I cannot stand right now is Matt LaFleur's third and two third and one and fourth and two fourth and one play calls they really don't make any sense to me you have jamal williams which he was on the field this time so that made me feel a lot better but in my opinion you either need to do those roll out plays that they've done so well to Devontae yes. in the slot which i think would have been a great play call or you should have run it right at them out of the shotgun with Jamal Williams or have some kind of RPO or even one of their screens because I think their screen game this year has been phenomenal. And I think having EQ and Alan Lazard back is going to help that more and more because those two are such physical wide receivers who can get up on safeties, linebackers, and corners and really get you know seven, nine-yard gains on those screen plays. So I didn't really like the whole rollout thing, especially when you knew that they were probably going to devo- double Devontae and it was only a three-man route. That stuff's hard to deal with. But I think all in all, the Packers have not been in a lot of these games under Matt LaFleur. They've blown no. out a lot of people or they'll come out of these games being the winners. So losing a close game like this was really almost a culture shock to me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about that sequence at the end where there were so – I don't know if I've ever seen that many holding calls in succession yeah. at one point of a game. That was crazy. That was nuts. That allowed the Packers that, to get back in it. That added about 30 minutes real time to the game. The game felt so long <laughs> at that point. But it made I, the game feel long. To credit the Packers front seven for getting in positions to get held, I think that was a huge thing because a lot of those plays – would have been stopped if it wasn't for them holding, if that makes sense. Right. You know, Kenny Clark had great penetration on a lot of those plays, Darius, Rashawn Gary, Kingsley Kiki. Uh, one thing that I want to point out on defense, though, that was a little weird was how many offsides penalties they got, our neutral zone infractions. <laughs> yes. It was really odd, and I know that Ben Fennell on Twitter pointed out how a lot of Preston Smith's pressures last year were created from him jumping the snap really well this year he's just been a tick off so many times and then on Sunday he consistently got flagged for it but what's funny about Preston Smith is he's our biggest and most lengthiest pass rusher yet he doesn't use his ability as he should he's mostly trying to jump the snap and run around the tackle when in reality if he used his big arms to cut back inside with something that you know Zadarius or Rashawn Gary does so well with that power kind of hump move that Reggie White kind of trademarked he would have those pressures so just an interesting little nugget yes and I, I being on the internet and seeing so many Packers fans complain I know it's 
the fu- I don't know the hip thing to say to say fire Mike Pedden. Yeah. Uh, I'm not on it. I don't think firing Mike Pedden fixes the. I'm defense. on the fire Sean Minigan train. I was on Yikes. that train last season, and they didn't do anything about it. And so you know I'm on it this season. Yikes! That's that's the drum you're beating now for Mike <laughs> Pedden to get fired. <laughs> Hashtag it right now. Fire Sean Minigan. <laughs> Yeah, we'll 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 see how that does. I don't think firing Mike Pedden fixes this defense. I think the talent's there. Uh, that that was my soapbox. I tried to find my soapbox there. That, that's a good one. Yeah, I don't think firing Mike Pedden is the answer. Now that to get ahead of ourselves in the preview. Uh, well, I'll save it for the preview. I'll save I'll save that for the preview. We're gonna good pause on teaser. my soapbox. A little teaser. I'm gonna pause on my soapbox and we'll come back to it. You know what, Austin? Who, what? I think we should get topic of the week you just want to get to it i think so shoot okay well uh let's let's move on to uh topic of the week unless you have anything <laughs> unless you have anything else to talk about the colts game I'm over i feel it. like we hit it i'm over it <laughs> it's been a lot of days <laughs> I'm excited since that for this bears game i'm excited to too it. okay topic of the week is playoff watch this will be one of our uh, recurring segments now that we're going into week 12 now we're kind of getting to the point where we can start kind of seeing where the playoff picture can come together and what does it look like for the Packers possibly getting the number one seed. At this point, uh, even with what's going on with the Ravens and Steelers, and this might change over the weekend and the next coming days, the league has not created the week 18 and moved it yeah. into that. And if the, the, it, the reason why that's a concern, as I get jumbled all over myself, the reason why that's a concern is that eliminates the bye. For everybody, they would add a, a team on each conference to the playoff, have eight teams, no buy. So as long as that doesn't happen, the number one seed still gets a buy. So that's still up for grabs. And we want Pray for the health of the Baltimore Ravens. Pray for the health of the Baltimore Ravens. Pray for their pray for their health. Pray for failures. Pray for false positives. Pray pray they could play and there's no issues there. So we have a couple of scenarios we could break down as to why the pack or how, excuse me, the Packers can get to the number one seed. There's still some games that need to play out, but we can kind of see how the picture's coming to, uh, together, Daniel. So you want to just, you want me to get into it? You want to start? You want I, I want you to get, I want you to get into it. I have a okay. few questions that I'll sprinkle in throughout. Okay. And just stop me whenever you have one of your questions. All right. Starting with the Saints, because right now the Saints are sitting at the one seed at eight and two. If they went out and finished 14 and two, they have the number one seed. Highly unlikely. That, highly unlikely that's done. Because if you highly unlikely because if you look at their schedule, they play the Chiefs. Week fifteen. And if if Drew Brees doesn't play, then it's even more unlikely that they win that game. So you could almost just scratch that as a as a loss for the Saints. That would knock them down. Then the best they could finish is thirteen and three. Should the Saints Finish 13 and 3, and the Packers finish 13 and 3. Packers have the head to head tiebreaker, right? Yep. Amen. <laughs> That's what we want. We want the best path to the number one seed is the Saints winning the South. Since the Bucks beat the Packers, Saints have the tiebreaker against the, this, against the Bucks. All the best sense. path to the one seed is the Saints winning the NFC South. And in that case, let's say the Packers, Saints, and Bucks all finish 12 and 4. Packers are the number one seed because of that. So it's right if the Bucs went out. If the Bucs don't do anything else, they went out. The Saints dropped two more games somewhere. 
Packers, I mean, then that gives the Packers cushion to lose one more game. You could say it's the Titans game, any game they lose, even if they lose week 17, if it doesn't matter. The, the game that really worries me is the Lions game in Ford Field. Really? More so than the Titans game? Mm, they're about the same. And okay. the Packers have struggled against the Lions the past really three years. And also, I feel like the way the Lions are playing right now, and they didn't play great on Thanksgiving, but the way that they are succeeding, the things that they're doing well right now with, you know, kind of the ground and pound with Adrian Peterson, you know, really getting the running backs involved in the passing game. TJ Hawkinson is a rising star in the league. I think that game really worries me. And mm -hmm. I would hate for that to be kind of the crux of why the Packers can't get the one or two seed this year. Yes. And if the Lions, depending on what they do going forward, if they go into that game with seven losses, because again, knowing what we knew going into the season was the Lions, it was playoffs or bust for Matt yeah. Patricia. So if they lose one more game between now and that Packers game, they may not necessarily be playing for anything. Matt Patricia might not even be the coach at that point. But if they're yeah, still that's hanging very, on with seven, yeah. with seven losses and they're still in it, in quote, and I do that in air quotes, then I would absolutely agree because they're playing for their season practically on every game. And they're playing for their coach practically on every game. Agreed. So a very and, good point. And, and we'll see how much the players actually are playing for their coach <laughs> these next few weeks because there's been mixed reviews from Matt Patricia as a head coach. But it's just – yeah. I feel like it could be a close game, which I don't think a whole lot of Packers fans would suspect. And, you know, Ford Field the last few years has kind of been a house of horrors. And imagine last year, if they lose to the Lions in week 17, which was a very real possibility. I mean, we all saw it. It took a last-second field goal by Mason Crosby. That could really throw a wrench in this Packers season, you know. And then if you play – if you're the three seed and you have to play – what would it be, the fifth team, the sixth team? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a better opponent with a better record. It could be the right. Bucks, It could be the Rams, you know, better teams. Or it could be the Seahawks. I like our chances against the Seahawks. I agree. I'll talk about that later, how that's one team where I feel like the Packers will match up very well against if we see them in January. But I just think that's an interesting take on – the Packers, I mean, we saw it in 2014. The Packers lose to an inferior Bills team on the road, and then we end up playing the NFC Championship game in Seattle rather than Green Bay. So every game from here on out is so important. You know, there's a huge difference between 13-3, and 12-4, and 4 and 11-5. and 5. So now is the time to kind of rack up those wins. And here's a stat for you. Matt LaFleur is undefeated in December. Oh, man, let's go. <laughs> a little, oh, a little quirky, exciting. a little untested, but he's undefeated in December. Interesting. Cool. Well, we got that going for us. And for, <laughs> for note, for the Lions, they play the Bears next week. Okay. The Packers. So they have I a little mean, bit of a rest going to that Bears game. They could be coming in five and seven with their season on the line. That's a very, at, a very astute point. Yeah. Uh, now, adding, adding the NFC West to the equation. Should the Rams or Seahawks win out to finish 13-3, and three, and I say or, and there's emphasis on the or, uh, they would have the tiebreaker over the Packers due to conference uh, record. Packers have lost two games in the conference. Either one of those teams would not have lost 
more than one game in the conference. So we need the Rams and Seahawks to lose at least another game in there somewhere, ideally two. Rams haven't played the Cardinals yet. They still have two games against the Cardinals, so there's a possibility one of those gets taken. And the Rams and uh, Seahawks play each other week 16. I, I, I said this at the beginning of the season. I feel like the West, especially right now, will start to beat up on each other. That mm. Seahawks-Rams game could go any either way, and the Cardinals playing the Rams twice. The Rams have kind of been the bugaboo for the Cardinals for a lot of years, and they trade off games a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's – that could be two losses for the Rams puts them at 11 and five. The Cardinals could win two or the Rams could win two. They stay at 13 and three, but lose to the Seahawks. If I had to pick one team, I feel like the saints have a better chance of going 13 and three than either of these teams. I I really feel like the Rams and the Seahawks will probably come in at 12 and four and 11 and five. Or mm-hmm. if not eleven and five, ten and six, somewhere in that range. I just yeah. don't feel like they necessarily. I don't know. I know for a fact the Seahawks don't have the firepower for another thirteen and three season, but I do feel like the Rams have the mo- the better chance of being thirteen and three. And yeah. if I'm a Packers fan, I am way more scared of the Rams than I ever 100%. would be of the Seahawks. The Rams have a young kind of unheralded defense that is very good with blitzes Aaron Donald's a monster Jalen Ramsey's a monster mm-hmm. and I feel like McVay kind of dicing up what Mike Pettin is doing would be a huge point of emphasis so I definitely don't like that matchup at all it's probably yeah. one of the matchups uh on paper that I hate the most I feel like if we could bring the Saints to Green Bay I like our chances Love it. I don't really like going to the Superdome, but I wouldn't be totally against it because they've proven mm-hmm. that they could win there with this team. The Buccaneers, another one, have it at Lambeau, feel great about it. But going to Tampa would be interesting, especially kind of you're going to maybe have a shot at playing in Tampa Bay three times this year <laughs> would be a <laughs> very weird just kind of layout. And, you know, I think the Cardinals could present a lot of problems to Green Bay too. But that's another one where it's outdoor, Kyler Murray's young, you know, what can you do if the weather gets bad, those kind of different things. Yeah. So I just right. don't like the matchup against the Rams really at all where we're seeing oh, I agree. right now and what we know. I agree. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I actually predicted, if you remember, Daniel, a three-way tie for first place in the NFC West. And I, don't I mean, even, that I think is I had definitely the Rams on taking the division. It's that's still not on the table. table. That is it's on not the off table. the table yet. Uh, but with a different team, I originally had the Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers as the three-way tie. Uh, I mean, I guess the 49ers aren't dead yet at sitting at four and six. But... And they're getting healthier. And, I mean, that's a good team to be fighting for that seven seed. That is mm-hmm. a very – where, you know, if they can get healthier, get their pieces back, Kyle Shanahan's a good enough coach to kind of put that thing together. Yeah. Are you even worried about the North? Um, if the Vikings would have beat the Cowboys, possibly, because I feel like they're the most complete team in the North right now. Uh, the Bears, I just don't see with their quarterback play, them being able to beat a whole 
a whole lot of teams kind of going down the stretch. And I know we'll kind of rag on the Bears here in a minute in the preview, but the Vikings feel like the most complete team, but I just don't know. They have a lot of ground to kind of catch up in. And I think, you know, the Buccaneers, I feel like, are a lock for a wild card team. There's going to be either two or three teams coming from the West. And if the Packers can just keep their head above water, as I think they will and they should, I think they'll run away with the division by maybe December 20th, maybe the third week in December, second week in December. I think they have a really good shot to kind of have that thing uh, pretty much diced up. And looking at the Vikings schedule, they still have to play the Bucks and the Saints on the road. Yeah, I don't like them in those matchups. <laughs> now, like now maybe the Saints the... game because they've been there, done that. Yeah, maybe. But that the Saints might be juice for that game as a as a revenge game. Yeah, but so I mean they have that left. Otherwise, it's pretty favorable games, including the Bears and Lions. They're gonna the the rest of the teams in the North can still beat up on each other. Yeah. Which they usually point, do. Really it, it's it's the black and blue division. I mean the the Bears play really well against the Vikings. The Vikings play really well against the Bears, and it's just <laughs> they'll start to beat up on each other. And the Lions will do what the Lions do. And I mean, there's a real possibility that Matt Patricia doesn't see the rest of this weekend as the Lions head coach. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm just gonna say it back going back to the 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 predictions at the beginning of the year. Predicted the Steelers to have the best record in football. Good job. How's that looking? How's that looking? looking? Hashtag Austin was right. We're going to make that a thing. Don't bring up what I've been wrong about. Okay. I'm not going to let you bring up what I've been wrong about. Who would have predicted that Dak Prescott would snap his ankle? (laughs) Exactly. Who who would have predicted that? You can't predict injuries. I might have still been right that he could have still been the MVP candidate. I mean, he was looking like the MVP candidate through four weeks. Oh, for sure. Give it a minute. Anyway, I just had to bring that up about the Steelers. I don't know why. I just felt like Good it. Good job. We were talking about the NFC, and you had to take it to the AFC. I had to talk about how I was right. That's what I had to do there. Good so, job, Austin. Unless you have any other points to make, I mean, this is kind of the landscape of what we're yeah, looking at it, right now. In the next several weeks, we'll, it'll pan out more as teams lose to each other, and we'll see how, how it racks out. But I, th- I think this will be a great conversation going forth because also we can see, you know, as of now, me and you both like the Rams as the best contenders against the Packers right now as a team that we won't want to see come January. And, you know, that could evolve. That opinion could really evolve in the next few weeks. You know, can the Bucks bounce back, beat the Chiefs this weekend? You know, that puts a lot of people's stake back in the Bucks or a favorite in the NFC. Can mm-hmm. the Packers kind of steamroll the Bears? Are they back? Is that offense still high-powered? What will the Saints be without Drew Brees for another three to four weeks? You know, these questions are going to start to get answered. And this is really, hey, the classic phrase, football starts after Thanksgiving. We're in the thick of it right now. And guess what this week is? It's Bears week. Guys, football season just started. It just started. Welcome to week one. (laughs) This is week one of the real football season. Yes, it is. Oh, man. All right. Let's get on to it. Let's get to the Bears preview. First of all, first of all, first of all, hashtag the Bears still suck. They always will. No matter what. No matter what. (laughs) Have to start it with there. We'll probably end it with there. We'll probably bring it up several times. Redraft Patrick Mahomes Bears, you still suck. (laughs) Well, Well, you think if they got Patrick Mahomes, they'd still suck. 
maybe not, but we don't have to live in that reality. So I can say they'd suck even if they had Patrick Mahomes. That reality is terrifying, by the way. Oh, it's terrible. But they did they it. They're the Bears. They pitched. They're the Bears, they, and they still suck. They picked Mitch Trubisky. We're That's in this the time. They traded up in. one spot. <laughs> <laughs> they traded up one spot with that a was one of the best that was one of the best nights as a Packer fan. That was one of the best nights. You knew. Straight up one spot. With John Lutchison, and they're like, I made it clear I didn't want the kid, but sure. <laughs> I'll take a pick to move up one, move back one spot. I like it. Oh, man. Uh, we can just make fun of the Bears the rest of the time, and I'd be happy. Well, Daniel, how do you feel about this game? What are you thinking? You know, you brought it up before we started. Matt LaFleur's never lost two in a row. That always puts it in perspective. Uh, Mitch Trubisky's looking like he's going to get the start. I really like our odds against that. Mm-hmm. You know, what I really like is the Bear are the Packers played two of their best defensive performances last year against the Bears. Arguably, week one last year was the best the defense has looked since probably 2007 or 2000. You love that game. You absolutely that adore game. that week one game last year. I love it so much. Uh, I think that Devontae Adams is in it for a big game, if not a huge game this week, because I think one thing that the Bears aren't great at, because I do think their defense is pretty complete, but I just don't think they have that great of uh, cornerbacks. I think Eddie Jackson as a safety is awesome, but I just don't know. I don't like uh, Kyle Fuller all that much. I know he was almost a Packer. I really wanted him to be a Packer at the time, but I'd much rather have Jair Alexander at this point. And that's kind of the move they made instead of trading for him. And so I just think that the Packers really could lay into the Bears. Like early and often, and probably the game could be over by the third quarter if the Packers just continue to play their game. Don't let any run game get going. I know that they're one of the worst rushing teams in the league I heard this week. And I just think that, you know, whether David Montgomery's in the backfield, Cordell Patterson's in the backfield, you could bottle those guys up easily. And then just push consistent third and longs, third and seven, third and five. I really like the Packers in that scenario. And really just get after Trubisky. I think that's really the game plan. And then, you know, Rodgers will do what Rodgers does. He'll cook against this Bears team. Yes. For sure. Now I'm going to unpause my soapbox from earlier talking about Mike Pedden. And resume. I'm not on. I'm not on the hashtag fire Mike Pedden train. But if Matt Nagy and that offense, and that specifically that running offense, who is the 32nd ranked rushing offense in the league, they're the worst. If that rushing offense can get going on this Packers defense, then I'll be upset. I don't think it'll happen. I think they're going to focus on stopping the run and let Mitch beat them. Yeah. Which won't happen. As they should. As they should. As they should. Won't happen. But I I won't be on that fire Mike Pedden crowd on that train unless this defense gives up 200 rushing yards to the Bears. Even 100. I mean, mean, I'll make that point. Even 100. I just don't think it's going to happen. I feel really good about this game. I think it's going to be a good bounce back game. Division opponent after losing a really close game to the Colts and after having a really good week of practice, guys like Rodgers and before talked about there was really good energy with the team going to the Colts game. And then the lose, I think they're fired up for this game. Primetime game, beat the brakes off the Bears. 
Absolutely. I think – steamroll to the rest of their season. One thing that is a little bit more difficult for the Packers, I think, is, you know, if MVS is out, that would be huge because then your kind of deep threat opponent component of your offense is pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. And then I just – I don't know – you know, if we could get Tyler Irvin back this week, that would be huge. But I really think this is a game where Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams just need to have a field day. I think that's what it comes down to. You know, you're still looking for um, uh, Alan Lazard to get healthier and healthier as the season goes on. You could tell he wasn't at 100% on Sunday. Uh, I just don't know if the Packers can rely on their wide receivers in this game. Look for Robert Tanyan to have a big game. I think Jay Sternberger is putting together some really nice games as of late, and so maybe getting him worked into the passing game would be more beneficial for that. So I'm really excited for this game. I think the Packers could put up a lot of points and win it by a lot. Yeah, I think we'll see TBLS in before the end of the third quarter. Really? You think it's going to be that much of a blowout? It'll be that much of a blowout. Hey. It'll just take Rodgers out before the end of the third quarter, even if it's like a minute before. (laughs) And that might be me being overconfident again, and I'm going to be punished for it. It's going to be really close. Yeah. Or God forbid the Packers lose. (laughs) Me being confident in the Packers. I always get punished for it. The last time the Bears played the Packers on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend, it was the infamous Favre game where Jay Cutler came in and blew the brakes off the Packers. So, smoking Jay Cutler. I don't like that, but I think the Packers <laughs> should be able to win this game. You don't like the smoking Jay Cutler bit? No. Did you I hate just, Jay Cutler? I didn't hate him because he was a non-factor. How many interceptions did he throw against the Packers? He was absolutely awful almost every game he played against the Packers. But you know, we have this huge reunion with Brett Favre in 2015 on Thanksgiving night. Okay. It was a boring game. I will admit it's the only Packer game I fell asleep during because I was sick. I fell asleep in the third quarter for five minutes, okay? Woke up, and it's just not looking great. The Packers have no energy whatsoever, and they end up losing the game. But Jay Cutler was never a factor. I've never been more confident to win a game than the 2010 NFC Championship game because we were playing Jay Cutler in the playoffs. Never been more confident. <laughs> Jay Cutler is a non-factor. <laughs> Chopping that poor Jay Cutler. He was terrible. It's a, it's an easy win. You can mark it up. Jay Cutler. Who was released? Okay, so like you, you didn't like Jay Cutler because he was a non-factor. Who was like your most – how do I say this? The most feared Bears player. The player, Bears player like, oh, man. Matt Forte. Matt Forte, Brandon Marshall. They always had decent games against the Packers. And, you know, back in those days, obviously, it was Mike Martz he, and then Mark Tressman after that. They knew that Jay wasn't going to beat us. So they started <laughs> to work in, you know, Matt Forte a lot more, Brandon Marshall a lot more. But, you know, the early 2010s Packers really owned the Bears, and they still kind of do. Pretty much. Other than the Pretty Bears much. one good season. I mean, we beat him with Brett Hundley a few years ago. Come on. <laughs> And uh, I mean, probably you, wanna... and you get you know the 2013 game to get into the playoffs. You get the uh, big throw to Jordy Nelson, the Randall Cobb throw. I mean, we've had great moments against them, even yeah. in their building, which the Packers, you know, 
are not a great road team by any means. So it, it's yeah. been a great run. Yes. Uh, my personal favorite Bears game has got to be, what was that, 2018, that first game in Lambeau. Oh, yeah, Rodgers gets hurt, comes back. That That's just mm. – Yeah, that, that's I watched a great that the game. other day just because, and that, yeah. that was just great. That was, that was a great awesome. game. And yes. I think, you know, one thing that we aren't talking about is how good the Bears defense is. It really is a great unit, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I think, you know, Billy Turner is going to have his hands full with Khalil Mack. For sure. Get as much help as you can over there for that matchup. But I think the Packers could come out with a win pretty easily. Score prediction? 31-17. You're giving them 17 points? I'm giving them 10 for a lot of the game, and then two minutes left, they score seven. But I think it, mm. it's 31-10 for most of, the, most of the second half. 38-10. Oh God! I like your outcome a lot more, but <laughs> I, I, think that, the, I feel that good about it. You know, I think it is a little worrisome that the Packers didn't score a whole lot of points on the Bears last year. So you know, if it ends up being twenty-four seventeen with a late touchdown, or it ends up being a little bit of a closer game, I could see that. But I think the Packers definitely break the threshold of thirty again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm tempted to swing to swing it lower, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on my ground. Hey, throw it high. Did you have the Packers winning last week, or did we both say we were undecided close game? Uh, I think we both agreed to pick the Packers to be optimistic, but I was very much on the fence of not picking the Packers. Yeah, it is a very on the fence game. I mean, those are the games that can go either way, but these are the games you should feel good about. Yes, if you're a contender, you feel good about this game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Son, is uh, Alan Chris calling this game? I, that's, I've seen like, different no, things No, it's, it's weird. So I don't know because it was supposed to be Mike Tirico and Tony Dungy, which honestly sounds pretty pleasant. I like Mike. I'm, I'm fine yeah. with Mike calling games. I'm a big Mike Tirico guy, but I'm also the biggest Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth fan out there. So I'm not <laughs> sure. Daniel's uh, commentary corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that should be the uh, off-season podcast. We change it to Daniel's commentary corner. Yep. We but, power you know, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> with NBC getting that uh, Ravens-Steelers game, what do they do with that? Because that game got moved to, what, Tuesday now? Mm-hmm. Do they still have, you know, who's on that game? So does it affect the Sunday night game? But, you know, it's weird because we've been on Sunday night football not a whole lot this year, which was kind of surprising because I really thought coming on – an NFC championship game that we would be in that spot a lot more because the Packers have been on Sunday night football so much recently in the past 10, 15 years. So that was a little funky and we haven't had Al Michaels. I mean, week three against the saints, we had Tariko, and then what, this is only our second Sunday nighter, right? Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I don't know. I just hope to God that on December 27th, Al Michaels calls with Chris Collinsworth that Packers Titans game because that would mean a lot to me. That'd yeah. be a Christmas gift. <laughs> that's all I want for that's Christmas. Like, that's all for you Alan. want for Christmas. NBC, is, if you're listening. Yes. Make my wish. Bless come a young true. man in St. Louis, Missouri. Please yep. have those two call that Packers Titans game. Please. I'm asking. But, well, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not going to put that on you. I was going to say if the Packers do win on Sunday, 
then would you not wish for Mike Tirico again for that third game, for good luck's sake? Oh, you think Tirico's the magic? I'm hey, not hey. saying. I'm just throwing it out there. Hey, we'll see December 27th because if they beat him and then Tirico doesn't call it, you Put could a pin have in something that. there. Put a pin in there. Put a pin in that. It might be something or it might not be anything. <laughs> I like we'll, it. We'll see where that goes. Well, Daniel, where can people find you on the internet? People can find me on Twitter at Daniel Marhanka. That's M-A-R-H-A-N-K-A. Where can people find you at on the internet, Austin? You can also you can also find me on Twitter at Austin A. Gann. More importantly, you can find the podcast at Tight on Top Podcast on Twitter, Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Also, be sure to follow the podcast. Share the podcast. Amen. Leave a review. Be a friend, tell a friend, as we like to say around here. We do like to say that a around lot. here. We like to say be a friend, tell a friend. That's what we preach. That's what we preach. And, until next time, see ya. Adios. Hashtag the bears still suck. The bears still suck.